It's 11 minutes before the hour, and you are listening to Raven Radio KCAW. Sitka Today is Friday, March 25th, 2022. I'm Catherine Rose, and this is Raven News. Crews have been working for four days to contain a fuel spill in Neva Strait after a tugboat ran aground early Monday morning. The Western Mariner was towing an Alaska Marine Line's freight barge when the two vessels collided after a steering failure, and the tug was pushed onto the beach. The barge, the Chichikov provider, was brought back to Sitka earlier this week, but the tugboat remains grounded. On Thursday evening, the Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation reported that salvagers had sealed off the remaining sources of the leaking fuel, and no more fuel was escaping. The amount of spilled diesel is still unknown, but the Western Mariner was carrying an estimated 45,000 gallons of fuel when the accident occurred. Local concern over the situation is growing as the Western Mariner is aground about five miles north of Crestoff Sound, an area where Pacific herring are known to spawn in the spring. On Thursday evening, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game reported observing fuel sheen in Crestoff Sound as far as Double Island and in Olga Strait. They did not observe any sheen in Hayward Strait, where numerous schools of herring were seen Thursday into Promisla and Eastern Bay. Nevertheless, the commercial sacro herring fishery remains on two-hour notice. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game conducted five test sets, averaging between 9 and 11 percent mature roe and weighing on average between 117 and 134 grams. According to the DEC, environmental shoreline assessments will be conducted over the weekend. Two years after it was established in response to the coronavirus pandemic, the Sitka Emergency Operations Center is shutting down, at least for the time being. When the EOC met on Wednesday, Fire Chief Craig Warren said that the team, which includes representatives from public health, schools, and first responders, was possibly meeting for the last time. Uh, We do know that people are still continuing to get sick with COVID-19. The hospitalizations are way down from when this first started. Taking all of that into account, uh, we are going to suspend the Emergency Operations Center for the COVID-19 response. Don't take that as we're not paying attention, we're not going to keep watching, and we're not going to come back together if it's needed. Warren said the change would include phasing out COVID data that's published to the city's website. Rather than tracking cases locally, the city dashboard will link to the data provided by the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. And then at the end of April, the city's dashboard will be closed down. Just we're going to start backing off what is available through Sitka and what manpower we have to keep putting at this uh, response. We would come back together uh, quickly if uh, the need arises, if we have a variant that pops up that turns into uh, not just a variant of concern, but now we're dealing with uh, very sick people and lots of them, uh, we would get back together to start helping uh, uh, search. Warren said the city has an abundance of COVID testing supplies, which are available at several locations, including the library. And he asked that people still stay home and test if they're feeling sick. The trend in closing down local emergency response offices is not limited to Sitka. The main system Juno officials have used to manage the COVID-19 pandemic is set to end next month. 
The Juneau EOC, or Emergency Operations Center, was created in March of 2020, shortly after the pandemic was declared. Now, emergency officials have decided not to ask the Juneau Assembly for another extension of their pandemic policies. The city's EOC is shutting down on April 29th. As in Sitka, this doesn't mean the authorities won't remain vigilant. This is Juno's deputy city manager, Robert Barr. That doesn't necessarily mean that all of our COVID-related response and, and all of our COVID-related activities will, will immediately go away, um, but some of them will. So our testing operation at the fire training center is a good example of one that we are demobilizing. <sighs> Assuming that Juno's assembly doesn't overrule the decision, what that means for residents is there will be no more mandates about masking and crowd sizes. But individuals, businesses, and organizations could still impose their own rules. Local data reporting through Juno's COVID dashboard will also end. Barr says the city does intend to continue giving out free home test kits and masks as long as the federal government pays for them. As far as future COVID variants and case surges... Barr says city officials will keep monitoring for them and act accordingly. I think it is fair to say that COVID is here to stay, right? It's not going anywhere. We are going to be living with it in one way or another, uh, presumably for the rest of our lives. He says that may mean seasonal test kit giveaways and COVID vaccine clinics, much in the same way that influenza is managed. Alaska's Board of Fisheries this week voted to continue with conservation measures for chronically low returns of king salmon in southeast Alaska. Some stocks are forecast to be at their lowest levels on record this year, and others have rebounded a little under fish, fishery closures. KFSK's Joe Vicknicki reports. The region has 34 stocks of king salmon, and the board has listed seven of those as stocks of concern. That means for four years or more, those runs have not had enough fish making it back to spawn, or what managers call an escapement goal. Ed Jones is an Alaska Department of Fish and Game coordinator specializing in king salmon research. He outlined to the board measures taken to reduce harvest of those fish. Through the actions taken beginning in 2018 with the action plans, um, we have taken good steps towards achieving the escapement goals. The problem is the production of these stocks has just continued to be low. And so right now we have not been able to, you know, provide a, harvestable yield annually. The hopes are that that production will change, escapement goals will be met, and we'll also be able to identify yield. The board gave the stock of concern labeled to three rivers in 2017, the Chilkat near Haines, the King Salmon River, the region's only naturally occurring island stock. It's on Admiralty Island and the Eunuch River near Ketchikan. In 2020, it added another four, the Stikine River near Wrangell, along with one of its tributaries, Andrew Creek, the Taku near Juneau, and the Chickamen near Ketchikan. To reduce harvests of those fish, the winter and spring seasons for the commercial troll fishery have been curtailed. Net fisheries have lost time and area as well, and springtime sport fishing has been shut down for kings on the inside waters of southeast. Staffers with Fish and Game sought board direction on the existing conservation measures, as well as additional steps that could curtail harvest further. During discussion on the Stikine, Max Warhatch of Petersburg, executive director of the United Southeast Alaska Gill Netters, thought the net fishery on the inside waters had lost the most to conservation measures. It's uh, pretty difficult to look at it and hear now from the department they're considering more 
restrictions for us in District 6, when right over that line that is just west of our line, we have a full-fledged sport fishery going on from January 1st to June 15th. We won't start till after June 15th. We're behind that, but we see more restrictions. Pretty hard to take. Some fishermen sought a partial reopening of the shortened commercial winter troll season or other lifting of restrictions where fish are rebounding, but many thought conservation measures should continue. Ron Somerville of Juneau is with the Territorial Sportsman, a sport fishing organization, and made that case for the Taku and Stikine Rivers. And I mean, when you got stocks that are seven years below the minimum escapement goal, every fish counts. Returns for the Taku and Stikine are forecast to be their lowest on record this year. Harvests have been reduced, and fishery managers say they're nearing the limits of what they can do to cut back the catches. Sport and commercial fisheries intercepted 12% of the Stikine River run last year, and nearly 7% for the Taku. A small portion of that harvest occurred in Canada. Some of the other runs are showing improvement. The Chilkat near Haines has met the lower end of its escapement goal for three years, although it's not forecast to make that mark this year. The eunuch has reached that level in three out of the past four years and is forecast to again this year, while the Seatuck River near Yakutat is forecast to surpass its escapement goal range. Board members like Chair Merritt Carlson Van Dort of Anchorage supported the manager's efforts. And I think the department has been doing an excellent job of, of managing um, to the conservation concern, and, and at this time I don't see the need to be more restrictive. Um, I think pretty darn restrictive at this point, and I, I think that the cost um, to further restriction um, is, is, is very high for what may be, um, you know, not a lot of impact in terms of the conservation. The board approved action plans for King Salmon Stocks of Concern. They voted to direct managers to continue with the status quo for fishery conservation measures while allowing managers to use more stringent measures as they see fit. Board member John Wood of Willow agreed with that direction. That is my intent, and I don't consider it punitive, Madam Chairman, uh, uh, to the offices. I'm looking more at as much restriction as I can implement with reasonable on protection of the fish. I mean, they're on the lips already. They wouldn't be in the status if they weren't in trouble. So I, you know, if there's some economic harm that comes out of that, you know, I understand that. But I don't want to be punitive in nature and impose a whole list of different things when it's not necessary. Those action plans have meant king salmon closures for sport anglers on the inside waters starting April 1st. And the commercial winter troll fishery ended early March 15th. In Petersburg, I'm Joe Vicknicki. I'm Catherine Rose, and this has been Raven News.